our friendly neighbors. Welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I am your host, Natalie Diaz, mother of twins, maybe mother of dragons, Twiniversity founder and author of What to Do When You're Having Two. I don't know if you've heard about Twiniversity, but uh, basically, our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, you laugh at the little things, and we get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we are hoping to do with today's show. So without further ado, welcome to Twiniversity. Hey guys, today I am very excited to tell you that I am here with Donna Burt, who not only has been a teacher for the past 39 years for children ranging from infants through grade four of super smart kids. She, her most notable career achievement is being an exceptional grandmother to twins. So Donna and I go back a few years. Her daughter, Julie, is the wizard at Twiniversity, and I also understand that she's angry at Julie today, so we're going to talk about that too today. And Julie vowed that she would not listen to this podcast, so we're now officially in the circle of trust. Why, hi, Donna. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Nat. How are you? I'm all right. Kids are driving me crazy, as always. But I guess that's the benefit of being a grandparent, is that you get to have a good amount of the joy without the day-to-day insanity now. Is this how it feels? I want to hear about when Julie told you that she was expecting to, if you think you had a different reaction than if she told you that you were having one or that she was having one. Um, I was so happy that she was having anything that um, I thought, okay, two for the price of one. And I knew that she, you know, that it was hard for her to get where she was. Mm -hmm. And so I was glad that we were going to be having two. But I I was thinking dollar signs. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Because I knew she was going to need help. Because everybody needs help. You know, at least if you have two, you usually have a little space in between. So you can... You know, you've had the experience and you know what's coming and what you, you may have some time to save. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here you are. It's two of this, two of that. And then if she works, you know, and she needs help and there's problems, you know, sometimes you need to, to ask for help. Then sometimes it might be four of something mm-hmm. if I need to give her a little bit of help. So, uh, and I was already retired. And so... Uh, I was available. And that that was the one thing I was thinking. That's that's just really fantastic that that was your first thought was that she was going to need help. Because you have two, right? And how far apart yes. are they? Three years. Oh, so you really had plenty. That's me and my sister. I think that's fairly typical. I feel like most of even my friends that have one and one have them three years apart. And so I do love when people say, oh, you know, my twins are... 18 months apart, or, or my kids are 18 months apart. It's like having twins. Now you could officially say it's totally, you know that, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. So now, as Julie progressed through her pregnancy, did you help her at all through her pregnancy? Because truthfully, Don, I'm going to tell you, out of all the grandparents I know, and I do know a lot of grandparents, including my own parents, you really are so, you're not only in there in like an engaged, I'm a participant in your life, 
but you're there in like the supporting role, but also I really do think that your school teacher role plays a lot of it because you're unbelievably organized, which by the way, I don't know if you realize this, you totally passed that down to her, whether you know it or not. She's equally as unbelievably meticulously organized. So during her pregnancy, how were you involved in that whole picture? Well, she was working. And so um, she just went ahead and did what she was doing. And scheduling, you know, scheduling's a big thing with her. And uh, I myself am, I need to be scheduled. Uh, you know, I'm not good with open-ended. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying, I was working as the docent at the, at the museum. Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to get into, you know, trying to give myself some structure. And as time went on, you know, it was difficult because she was trying to get pregnant and she had problems. Mm -hmm. And so it was mommy, you know, this, so emotionally I was there for her. I was very supportive because I myself had a miscarriage within the first week of my fourth month. Okay. So, uh, and I had nobody because Stoney and I, that's my husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were at that point living in Tucson and I was teaching. And so I didn't have any family. And so I knew what it was like to be by yourself. And I know, and I knew what she was going through and, and with her husband. And I'm, I thank God I didn't have to go through that, but I knew what it was like when you got, did get pregnant and you were so fearful and, uh, you know, running to check all the time to see if everything was okay. And the fear, mm-hmm. especially the first three months. And so I really tried to, uh, you know, pick her up, you know, and, and tell her things emotionally that, well, this is how you're going to feel. And that's very common. And, you know, if you, if you have questions, you know, ask your doctor and, you know, so emotionally and financially. And then, in fact, uh, at the end, at the very end, uh, she was huge. She was so huge. And, um, and she went to 38 weeks and the last two weeks I drove her to work and back home again every single day so that she could go because she needed, you know, every time she would take a day off, that was Mm -hmm. one less day that she would be able to be with the kids. Mm -hmm. And so we made it, but I'm telling you, it was tough, you know? And so, uh, I would, we would meet once a week for lunch. I would drive down and meet her and, uh, she knew I was available by phone and, uh, and you know, that was it. I mean, then of course, when the babies came, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, in the Jewish religion, you don't get things until the babies come. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, we helped with that because I was going to be helping her Mm -hmm. with children because Mike had, of course, we didn't know he was going to lose his job. But so when Julie went back to work, it was, Mike and I, and, uh, but I also needed to have two cribs Mm -hmm. and she needed two cribs. So then it was the first year I must've put $10,000 on my discover card, Mm. but it was, it was for the boys. We always said that it was always for the boys Mm -hmm. and that was the important thing. And so it's an investment. 
Yeah, it's definitely, it it's if people are worried about it. And remember, you don't always have to buy everything new. People could go to consignment sales or garage sales or get stuff. But yeah, if you're going to be a full-time caregiver as a grandparent, it really is very wise to make smarter purchases. Because you know what, Don? I think a lot of people buy like pack and plays and stuff at grandma's house. And then they end up spending even more time at grandma's house. So then they're investing in cribs. So I think really what parents have to, like if we were going to give parents a tip out there, and grandparents a tip, if you think you're that the 20s are going to be there more than, you know, a day a week for a few hours, make the better financial choice by getting the better piece of equipment. Because that was smart of something that, that you guys did. But yeah, it's, it's definitely investment. Now, Donna, before the boys got here, like for delivery day, did Julie and Mike talk to you and say, okay, like this is our delivery day. This is who we want here. Or was it like the whole family was at the hospital? Well, that's a very sticky point because uh, my son-in-law's mother had just retired mm -hmm. and she worked at the same hospital okay. in the neonatal huh. section there. And uh, she knew everybody there. Okay. So she just kind of kept slipping in and out. While we were waiting, I talked to Julie all the way up until she said, Mom, now I'm going. Okay. So we were on the phone all morning. She was going at 1 o'clock, and Dad and I went, and we were waiting. And then her mother-in-law came, and we were waiting, mm -hmm. and it was she had a very difficult time. Yeah. And uh, I would go in every once in a while, and... I didn't get a chance to see her, mm -hmm. but um, her mother-in-law seemed to be able to get in there yeah. quite easily, but kind of failed to share what was going on. Oh, that's frustrating. And so it just so happened that, uh, I'll, I'll just make it real simple. Um, she had Desmond at five o'clock mm -hmm. and at 6.30, we decided to go to dinner okay. because uh, they closed at seven o'clock okay. and we all went to dinner. And he'd already been born, but nobody told me and my husband. And I was really upset. But I don't want to say anything to yeah. Julie because she's very yeah. sensitive and she's still back daddy. there. Yeah. Where, you know, here's five o'clock and where's Alec? You yeah. know, usually it's a few minutes later, right? But knowing Alec, he probably said, wow, <laughs> look at all this room. So <laughs> let me swim right up around there and, you know, I'll just come up, come out a little bit later. And so about nine o'clock, Stoney's saying, you know, Don, I have to go to work tomorrow. And so I went in there and I said, how's it going? And the nurses are like, well, she's still in there. And Desmond came at five and where's Alec? And so they said that they were going to possibly do a C-section, mm -hmm. this poor girl. And so I just, you know, I, and I never got to see her yeah. and I was so upset but I didn't say a word. And that's been the whole thing yeah. with Julie and I is she's very independent mm -hmm. and I support her as much as I can. And uh, I hear a lot of parents, there are a lot of parents who don't, won't babysit for their children. Mm -hmm. They, they, it, you know, uh, there's some parents who say, you know, my house, my rules. And uh, I just adore my grandchildren and I, I have my rules, but they're like, if you say, uh, oh, but Bubby, come on, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, I can't help it. I, get you. I, I, I am, I believe I'm here now. 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And I am here and they will remember me and I adore them. And no. I always, I play with them. We do everything. When they're here, they are with me. We mm -hmm. do everything together. So, so at about 1030, she delivered Alex yeah. C-section. If she had gone another hour and a half, they would have been born yep. on two different days. Yep. That is the truth. So that was the story. And Desmond had a little jaundice. And so he had to be in the NICU a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a little irritated. And I did want to share that with her. But she's very good about that. And she doesn't like negativity. Yeah. Which I really which really makes me upset because I like negativity and I like, <laughs> I like to talk about people, you know, when, when, when it's, you know, when it, when it's, I love you, you know, when, when somebody's done you wrong, yeah. you know, I want to talk about it, you know, that. and she already has, you know, she has so much on her plate. Yeah. And so I, I try and be good, but sometimes it slips out. That's all right. Let it slip in. You gotta, what are, what yeah, are you waiting but, for? But she stands me, up. She, I will, but she stands up for herself and our, our arguments, if you won't even want to call them that last for like five minutes, Yeah, uh, seriously, you know, I finally just, if I've had enough, that's it, but that's it. So to answer, that was the day. So yeah, that was, we never made plans and it, it just happened. Yeah. And of course I wanted to be there every minute because I, I wasn't close with my mother, my sister was and and so I thought I I can't wait to have my own daughter and then when I had her she was everything to me and I thought oh this is going to be so great when she grows older we're going to be like this and then it was like did she have to be so independent <laughs> couldn't she be a little needy in fact she'll still say to me today mom why are you so needy <laughs> because I am so give it to me what's you, the problem you did okay. too good of a job that's why you went wrong. Yeah, you screwed this I... up on your own, Donna. Can't blame anybody but you to making a strong, independent daughter. That's it. Next time yeah. you know, in your next life when you come back, just make them a little bit meeker and you'll be, be better. Be careful what you wish for. That is the truth. <clears throat> so That's now right. once, the, once the guys were born and now they are home from the hospital and she was still on her maternity leave, what was your role in the day-to-day -day operations of Operation Twins? I came every single day, and uh, I did whatever she wanted me to do. And she pretty much had read everything and had a good idea of what she wanted mm -hmm. to do. However, when I felt strongly about something, I did come out and say it. And it was difficult because she had... She really had her uh, own ideas. But after about two weeks, I noticed that Desmond was having a problem when he was eating, mm -hmm. when he was feeding. And finally, I said to her, this was in the second week, I think. I said, Julie, there is something the wrong, wrong with Desmond. You, you need to call the doctor, him there, and feed him in front of that doctor because something is he's something's going on with his throat and, and, and the coughing and the choking. It, it's, it's not right. Mm -hmm. Something is wrong. And I didn't particularly like uh, the pediatrician. She was too laid back. She wasn't on top of things enough. And so she called. She went in. And... 
the doctor wasn't there. She had to see somebody else. And she had, she had the doctor feed Desmond. And the doctor said, take him straight to the hospital. Because what was happening is the milk was not going down into mm-hmm. the stomach. It was going into the lungs. And so he was in there for five, for five days. And we took turns because she couldn't stay there every night because yeah. she had the other baby. Yep. And so we all took turns. Mike, myself, and Julie, we slept over. We took turns. Mm-hmm. And, and we slept overnight there with the baby, with Desi. And they did, you know, they went in and they did a scope and they, and he did another thing where there was a spasm in his um, esophagus Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it would just, it would just close off, would have a spasm and he couldn't breathe. And so they were lucky enough that they were there and they got that on camera. And so they were able to take care of it and we were lucky. So there are times that grandma you know, even though we're old fashioned, whatever, uh, you, you know, we, we have things to say that, you know, you've got to listen sometimes, you know? Um, and so she will call me and say, well, what do you think? And then I'll tell her, well, well, in my day, this is what we did. And she's very open. Yes, she really is. And, and that I think is tough because there's a fine line because Donna, not every grandparent is like you. You know, like you will state your opinion and then you will say, okay, this is what it is. But you're, since you're not stating your opinions every five seconds, when you're like, this is a deal breaker, I'm worried about this, people listen. But if you're a grandparent who has an emergency every five seconds, then, and you're the grandma or grandpa who cried wolf, nobody's going to pay attention. So as a grandparent, it's even more critical that you choose your battles and you hold off on the important stuff because it really will become just white noise to the mom or dad if you're like blah, 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 every 10 seconds. So that is, that's such an important Mm -hmm. grandparent thing. And I wish that, you know, I I mean, my family was pretty good about it, but like your daughter, I'm a very strong minded, I think is the way that we, the nice, the nice way that we put it. So I knew also kind of what I wanted, but with the case of twins, there are so many variables that happen that no matter how prepared you think you are, there's always something that could happen. And it was really smart that you kind of held your tongue until you're like, okay, this is it. Now, what I think people are going to be fascinated about is that once Julie did go back to work, you started well, no, the boys were in daycare, right? And then you went. No, 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 the boys weren't in daycare. It was Mike and I till six months. Mike and you till six months. And did you have shifts or did you work together? We worked together. You worked together. Yeah. And Desmond was on the machine. Yes. So we had to measure what he was getting. Mm-hmm. And that was my job. And I am not that great at math. But, and he had to be <clears throat> reclining. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we would give him the bottle for a couple ounces. Whatever he did not drink mm-hmm. had to be measured, and it had to go into a tube, and you'd have to set up the machine, and then it would be pumped in through the tube that went yes. through his nose into the stomach, yep. and then we'd have to take him and check him, to change his diaper, mm-hmm. and we'd have to listen for his, you know, to to his heart, and listen for uh, to make sure that it was clear that the tube was clear. Okay. It, it was pretty scary. That's and then you have to clean the tube. Yes. And that it was just, it was just un, un, 
believable. I mean, I, when I look back now, I think, oh, my God, how did we even do that? And then, of course, Mike was with Alec all mm-hmm. the time. And so I, we, we were very close. And, and uh, that's even now we're a little bit closer than Alec. Yeah. Alec. Makes and, sense. and he, yeah, he loves me and very much, too. But it was just because I had to take care yes. of him, you know. But then after that, when, when then Mike got a job, mm-hmm. we, were, we got a, a woman to come in. Mm-hmm. And then she came to my house and the boys came to my house uh, like every day. Okay. Yeah. During the day. And then, so that, and then from six months, then they went to the preschool. No, they didn't go to the preschool. We had uh, um, a person, okay. uh, Veronica. Veronica. She was from, yeah. And she was with us for almost two years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the boys did have um, uh, help. Okay. You know, because uh, they, you know, they needed yes. the helmets. Yes. They needed helmets. And I had to take them for that. So I basically was, was had to take them mm-hmm. wherever they needed to go. So you were and, the appointment keeper. And also just for yeah. anybody listening... All of these, these are articles also that are written on Twiniversity. So the whole issue with Desi's feeding and with the torticollis, with the helmets, Julie already wrote a bunch of articles on this. So they're all up there. So if you're like, I want to hear more for this story, know that there is more to the story and it's over on Twiniversity.com. So they could always get the full story, Donna. We don't have to and that, that. Right. And then they had um, people came in mm-hmm. to do physical therapy mm-hmm. and it was fabulous. I mean, these kids were incredible and they were going upstairs already. And they, when they went to the pediatrician and they were getting shots, yeah. I just remember this at, uh, maybe that was, they, they were one years old because at two already, they were already walking and everything. Mm-hmm. But when this, when she would uh, go to give them a shot and, you know, you have to kind of hold them down. Yeah. She said, oh my God, these children are so strong. Are they getting physical therapy? And I said, yes, they are. By Arnold they, Schwarzenegger. That was you, who you it was. Know, honest to God. And, <laughs> and it was amazing. So all the people came, you know, to the house. And I was yep. here and Veronica was here. We had to do exercises with them mm-hmm. every day. And we did it here. Yes. So, yeah, I was part of that. That's unbelievable. Now, Donna, for somebody who just found out, maybe it's a grandma or grandpa that's listening right now, and they just found out that their child is expecting twins, what would you say to that person, to that grandparent? As it pertains to what? As pertains to, like, what's the best advice that you could give to another grandparent, like things that maybe you've learned and you're like, I did this right. Not that you would ever do this wrong because you don't do it wrong. But if you could do it again, you would have done it this way. What are some things that you think that this should be kind of like the blueprint for grandparents? And this also would be some good ideas. I think it's really important uh, to ask, because I always say to Julie, what can I do to help you? That's important. Mm -hmm. What can I do to help you? You know, when she's frazzled, uh, if I could see that she's, uh, you know, about to cry, you know, what can I do for you? What, what do you need? You know, you know, do you want to talk? Do you want this? Do whatever. Um, you know, I think they need to talk about, it's really important because Julie, all parents, uh, need to know they're, they're going to need support, especially with twins. Yeah. They're, they're going to need to get out. And they're, they're going to need support because 
it's really expensive to have a sitter. It's not like the old days when I was a babysitter and you got, you got paid 25 cents an hour. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot. And they need, you know, the husband and wife need each other and they need to get away from the kids. So I hear this a lot from people. I don't sit. I'm sorry, but I told my children they could get a babysitter. You know, what's that all about? This is your flesh and blood, you know? Can't you just give them a day? Yes. Or I know, and I wish I could do this more often, uh, do you need help in the house? Maybe come in and help do laundry or do dishes or whatever, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I mean, five years ago when I would go there, I would do that. Now, when I see dishes in the sink, I just walk past them because I'm busy doing other things with yes, the boys. It's you different. Know. It's a different, right. age, different ages right. and stages. There's different things to do. But yeah, I think that it's so important to ask and not just assume that they need help with the kids or they need help with the laundry. You, ha- you should really ask. And also, you know, the best part about being a grandparent is that you know your child. So you know the things that Julie hates to do. You know the things that Julie loves to do. So you could come in. It's not like having like a random person come into your home. I mean, this is your mom. This is your dad. Like they know my mother always, 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 the minute she comes in, she says hi to me and the kids, and then she washes the dishes. And the funniest part about that is I have a dishwasher, Donna. She never has to wash a dish. But my mom really likes washing dishes for whatever reason it is, and I always have plenty of dishes to do. So this is like her little thing. And she knows like that. I love a clean sink, right? Go figure this out. I hate doing dishes, but I love to have a clean sink. It's just something that makes me happy. And so for the past 9 billion years, even before I had kids and when I had my own apartment, she would be like, okay, I got this, but it's so important to ask. And I don't know if you know this, Donna, but we have a chart at Twiniversity that Julie and I created. Actually, this may predate Julie, but I created like a chore chart Because not everybody could say, oh, I would love if you would do the laundry. And also, you know, it's different between a daughter and her mom than a daughter and her mother-in-law. Because you may have a great relationship, but not everybody feels comfortable telling their parent, their, you know, their in-laws what they need help with. So we actually created a chore chart that people could go online and they could get this chore chart and they could circle the items that they need done. And then there's no discussion. Just say anything on that chore chart. Now, as far as, like, we, we talked about so many important things, which were really great. Like, you talked about asking what they need. We talked about emotional support. We talked about not offering too many opinions so that the ones that you offer are heard. Are there any other little bits that you would say, like, to the grandma who says, I don't sit for my grandkids? What's something that you could tell her that would change her mind? Oh, my God. Because I, the few that I know never did change their mind. Mm. And, you know, what's a shame is that it reflects in the children. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. They, they, they feel it. They know it. Yeah. They know that they're not, you know, like uh, when you say Bubby, it's like, you know, yes, wow, you know, and when you say the other, it's like, you know, well, we don't like, you know, yes. you know well, going to you, know, you is like going to the circus. Yes. You know, I'm going to tell, I would just tell the grandparents, you know, if you, if, if they really don't care if they're close, because 
they may have other grandchildren. That's very true. And and that's the difference right there. If they have daughters, mm-hmm. that's the difference. If they have daughters and the daughters have children, they're most likely mo- closer with them. Definitely. So, you know, you can't, you, you can only say to them, you know, it, it really would be nice if you could be close with the children mm-hmm. so that they really can get to know you and love you, you know, because they don't see you that often. That's what's going to be the deal breaker. If you don't come and spend time with them, they'll never get to know you. Okay. And, and that would be the only thing because that's what I see. Yeah. There's just, it's coldness. It's, they're cold. They're just cold. It's tough. Yeah. And it's tough, but, um, that, that, that's it because, uh, you know, there's just, you know, the moral is don't worry about telling anybody anything else. You, as I say to the kids, the only one you can control is yourself. That is our family mantra. We Mm -hmm. say it more than I ever thought I would, but it's true. Also with them being twins, I, it drives me crazy when they, when they talk about each other. I'm like, listen, even though he's your twin, the only one you can control is you. So you do you and you do the best you, you can. And that's that. So the same thing goes with grandparents. Don't look at what the other grandparents are doing. And, you know, on one respect, you're very fortunate that you have been able to be in the center ring of their little grandparent circus, which is really nice. And other grandparents are, you know, tearing the baby's limb from limb. But the best part about twins, there is always a baby to hold. So with, you know, two sets of grandparents, two children, it's it's so much easier. I do have to say that was like the secret blessing from Mother Nature is that I have two very engaged sides of my family and I feared one baby being split into two. So it, it really all worked out. So now Donna, I'm, Donna, I'm going to recap what we talked about and then you tell me if we're right because I was taking notes. So have the right amount of equipment in your house and the proper equipment for the amount of time that they're going to be spending. Offer as much emotional support and if you can, even some financial support. Absolutely. I'm doing good, Donna. I'm studying for this. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you that if anybody would have told me that I would still be helping financially at this point, I wouldn't have believed it. I'm not sorry. I'm thrilled that I, I could sit down and, and, and one of the children will say, oh, Bubby, can, can we go online at Amazon? Because <laughs> I, I, I'd like a costume and I'd like to, and we sit down and, you know, it's like $13. And then, and when is it coming? Yeah. And then, oh, they're so excited. And I'm glad I could do that. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that's yeah. what I mean, you know. It is good. And maybe even as the babies are little, maybe even start a little rainy day fund for costumes and such when they get older. Because maybe you're not in a financial position because you have a tight budget because of retirement. You yes. know, that definitely maybe have a little jar on top of your refrigerators that says for the twins, Throw your pocket change in there, and when they're big enough to start making their requests, you could fulfill their requests without blinking and worried about if you're going to have to, you know, eat chili for the rest of the month. So, yeah, so so having some finances put aside, having some good equipment, not being there, so being there 100%, but not forcing your will upon everyone, right? That's a, a huge one. And also, just the relationship that you have with Mike is really great, Donna. 
Like, yeah, we're, 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 and I do say we, because I do feel like we're, I'm a part of your family now, yeah. but we're very lucky because if you weren't the type of grandma that you are, I wouldn't have the type of coworker that I have. And just the minute that I met you in your house, and I could tell you from the end of time, she is the apple that fell off your tree. So you can't get mad about that self, that independent business stuff. But I'm so, I'm so lucky to have her. And I always think about how lucky that Twiniversity is to have you because of that. So from, for you, for the rest of the grandparents out there, there should be a statue of Donna somewhere. Maybe I'll make it out of Play-Doh. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it out of Play-Doh later. I'll make my twins do that. But Donna, thank you very, very, very much. And I'm, sh I'm hoping that we could have a part two to this series because if you have any questions for Donna, you could email them to community at twiniversity.com. We'll get them over to Donna. And this was just the infancy stage. There is still so much more to this story because what Donna has done with the boys when she was taking care of them after preschool, kind of that, that middle of the ground and creating like an at-home curriculum. I mean, you really have gone above and beyond. So we're going to save that for another day. But Donna, I, I, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Do you have any It was other my bits pleasure. Of, any other bits of wisdom for our families out there? All I know is that there are some grandchildren who just put uh, grandparents who put their kids in the car, just like the mothers do, and they do their errands. You know, they think that's what it is. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what they think it is, but I spend all my time with the boys. And, uh, and I can't tell you how many programs I have watched where I'm like, do we have to watch this again? This is the third time we've watched this program, you know. And, uh, but, but that's what Stoney and I do, you know, and, uh, I'm there with them, you know, and, and they like that. And, and we play games together and we, we teach them the rules and, and, and they, this is how they pick up the vocabulary and the language. And there's a, they're just incredible kids. And, you know, I know that it's, it, and they get that at home too. So, and, and Julie and I talk a lot about what we say to the kids and I, and every time they leave here, I have stories and I call her and I go, you won't believe what happened today. I'm telling you, <laughs> there are stories that they, these kids have told me or they've happened when we're in the car together. And, and we keep that going back and forth. So she could say, oh, I heard what happened to Bubby's today, you know. And I think that's important to keep it. They know that, that there's dialogue and, you know, Absolutely. so I think that's important. Well, you are an extraordinary grandma. Thank I have you. To say. No, thank you. I really mean it. And like I said, if you have any questions for Donna, email them to community at twiniversity.com. And of course, although we're coming to the end of the show, we're not really coming to the end of anything. Because if you just go to twiniversity.com, you're going to find a slew of articles that are going to pertain to everything that we talked about today. In addition to if you're curious to hear about Julie's birth story, 
It is over at the birth hour. So it's another podcast that is called the birth hour. Julie's entire birth story is over there. So if you want to hear about, because Julie had um, the first one vaginally, second one C-section. It was quite a day as Donna just told us, but it is over there. And if you want to meet Julie and you are expecting and you live in Chicago, Julie is our Chicago Twiniversity instructor. And she's also one of our online instructors, including myself. And you never know who's going to show up for the online classes. But I really thank Thank you so much for joining us today, Donna. And I really do mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I love you and I love Jewel. And I'm, I'm lucky that you're a part of our Twiniversity life. So thank you, Donna. Thank you. You got it, guys. So over and out until our next podcast. I will talk to you later, alligators. Bye, guys. <laughs>